0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you're listening to Ratchet and Respectable with Demetria L. Lucas. I'm becoming so L.A., so stereotypical L.A., and by that I mean transplant L.A. Because there's L.A. born and bred, and those people are pretty normal. And then there's transplant L.A. that plays into the idea of like what L.A. is supposed to be that is very industry Hollywood L.A., I'm becoming a little bit of that. And I like it. That's the crazy part. My New York friends would be so disappointed. I've exchanged eggs with cheese and a croissant for, for smoothies. Green smoothies. My breakfasts have been completely transformed ever since I started getting Daily Harvest. Daily Harvest is the easiest, most delicious way to load up on fruits and vegetables first thing in the morning, before bed, and any time in between. Everything stays in your freezer until you're ready to eat it, and it's so easy. I just grab a Daily Harvest cup from the freezer, I add a little almond milk, and I'm good to go. Daily Harvest has more than 50 nourishing options for any time of day, ready to blend smoothies, savory harvest bowls, soups, and more. Each single serving cup takes just one step to prepare. Add water or milk to a smoothie or heat up a harvest bowl, and you're done. I've only been doing Daily Harvest in the morning. Yesterday, I had this green smoothie and I was like, it's green. It has spinach in it. Like they say it's good for you, but I was like, but how does it taste? Apparently dates make things sweeter. It wasn't bad, but I had one this morning. It was pink. Strawberry, banana, peach, raspberry, oats, flaxseed, and goji berry. It was really good. All of the ingredients are carefully sourced for maximum nourishment and flavor. When you open up the cup, you can actually see all of the ingredients that you'll be getting. It's real, actual food going in your body. I feel all healthy and whatnot. If you too would like to feel all healthy and whatnot, go to daily-harvest.com and enter promo code RESPECTABLE to get three cups free, we like free, in your first box. That's promo code RESPECTABLE for three free Daily Harvest cups at daily-harvest.com. Daily-Harvest.com. Now, if you're listening to this while you're driving, don't worry. You don't need to pull over. I'm going to repeat this two more times this episode. I got you. We good. Now, on to this week's shenanigans. Two weeks ago, the title of my podcast was The Aisha Curry Conundrum. It was based on the interview that she did on Red Table Talk, where she talked about Desiring more male attention. If you missed it, please go back and give a listen. But it was so weird to me how that was the takeaway from that red table talk. Seven women sitting around a table, all varying ages, talking about their lives. Seven of them and four of them say they have some form of anxiety. Somehow everyone and their mother watches this round table and the takeaway is what Aisha Curry says about wanting attention and not that all these women have anxiety. So I actually did a Facebook post about it, like pointing out, like, this is strange how no one's talking about the anxiety among black women or these particular women, at least. It's probably one of my more popular Facebook posts. People started responding and an incredible number of women Said that they suffer from some degree of anxiety, so we will not be skipping over it here. We will be addressing it head on with the help of an amazing expert, Lisa Jones Chandler. She is a therapist and also a licensed clinical social worker. She primarily assists adults. Her areas of interest include, but are not limited to, women's issues, college students, young adults, symptoms of depression and anxiety, mental health stigma in the African-American and Caribbean communities, and potential stressors transitioning from youth to adulthood. Her past clinical experience includes treatment with psychiatric hospitals, emergency rooms, residential treatment facilities, after-school programs, and community mental health clinics. She takes a community focus on mental health, collaborating with families, colleagues, churches, schools, and local leaders to guide people into becoming healthier, well-adjusted, independent, and productive members of society. Hi, how are you?
1: I'm good. How are you doing? Good. I'm
0: very happy to have you on the call today. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Oh, uh, not happier than me. Oh. I bet you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: totally. It's such- an amazing network of billionaires like I'm always surprised at the, <laughs> the quantity yes but also like the quality of who's here we're like oh I, I could talk about that I'm an expert
1: when you mentioned you was like we're on my mental health experts and I think <laughs> like, I put my finger up I am like hey hey girl me like, me
0: I'm here <laughs> yes I have a bunch of questions about anxiety um actually let me put my microphone close up I'm like talking to you like we're just on a regular phone so I have A million questions about anxiety, because I watched the Red Table Talk. And as I said, in in the Facebook thread that sort of launched this whole conversation, seven women at a table, four of them say they have anxiety and everyone just sort of brushes over it. And I'm (laughs) like, is this like that we don't care enough about black women, which is probably a thing. But or, Mm -hmm. or is so many people suffering from anxiety, then it's just sort of like a given that like, oh, girl, me too.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think didn't it's it a to... combination of both things. I think that in any forum where you are talking about, let's say, one topic, like this is the goal, we're going to talk about X. I find that in conversations like that, when mental health comes up, it's quickly skimmed over. It's like ooh, that's too much. Let's let's stay on topic.
0: I was like, no, stop! <laughs> like flag <laughs> on the play. Like this is this is the thing. So before we go, like we dive into talking about anxiety, can you tell me what is anxiety? Because I hear people le- like use it a lot and say, oh, I have anxiety. But what exactly is anxiety? And do people who say like I have anxiety, like is that really anxiety?
1: I found myself asking that too. And as a clinician, I'm 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 mindful to not. Uh, intrude on that space even socially. It's like once people find out I'm a therapist, they don't wanna like spill their guts to me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm like, hey, I'm at a bar. But I think when people say it, right, because, you know, it's whatever it means to them. And I'm going to go with they're likely right. They could be talking about overthinking, excessive worry, fear, getting nervous, anxious, like that feeling you get, you know, your heart rate increases, your, your breath becomes short. You get this like tingly, shaky feeling whenever you're thinking about a certain theme in your life or event or activity. So I think that's usually what people mean. I also have a small private practice in Brooklyn and in Queens. And when people say that to me, I usually say, what does that look like to you? Like help, tell me your definition of it, because I know I have mine, but anxiety can be so broad and it's basically on a spectrum. And on a continuum, it it can mean different things to many people. You know, I just named a few, but it could also look like loss of appetite. It could also look like back pain, especially for the Black community. We manifest stress in our bodies. And it's really concerning how we, you know, we continuously see celebrities talking about their medical concerns not being adequately addressed by medical professionals because we're just seen, again, as these strong beings. No, okay, Uh, you're, you're actually okay. You're all right, don't worry about it. It'll pass. You know, what happens when it doesn't?
0: Clinically, what is anxiety?
1: So clinically speaking, anxiety is persistent feelings for more days than not for at least six months. And so those symptoms can look like Difficulty concentrating, irritability, lack of sleep, restlessness, body aches, muscle tension. You feel like you can't really control the worry. It has become extremely excessive in your mind. It's all you can think about, even maybe when you try to distract yourself. It could be about anything. It can be about your day-to-day life. It could be about work performance. It could be even about like household chores, you know, who's going to pay what bill? What do I have to do today to wash the dishes, do the laundry? It really can be anything for many people. It really has a lot to do with the relationship you have with yourselves and how you process that information in terms of what it is you need to do. Anxiety, I want to say, might be the most diagnosed disorder um, in the United States in terms of mental illness.
0: Are anxiety and stress the same thing? Because I feel like you're using them interchangeably.
1: Increased stress can cause anxiety. And most people sometimes will use the terms interchangeably. What is different is that stress usually goes away and usually can be isolated and parked to an event or a situation, whereas anxiety will move. Like the focus will shift from one thing to the next.
0: People say all the time, like, I have anxiety. I have anxiety. When should I show up to you and say, hey, I need help?
1: (laughs) People know when it unfortunately starts to impact their relationships. Usually most times, honestly, people will come to me when their partner or their loved one tells them, like, I think you should get this looked at. Because, like I said, it can manifest in any way, but it usually really manifests in relationships, the constant worrying, the constant irritability with your partner, the nitpicking, the just kind of the fidget all the time. I have one client whose husband was like, I cannot get her." to relax we'll be talking about going to a movie and then all of a sudden it will be well how much does it cost what time is it you know we have to do that and are we going to be there late are we going to be able to get this done before we go to them it just (laughs) it kind of like just spirals into something and he's like hey i just wanted us to go to a movie Mm -hmm. that's her response for any introduction of an activity <laughs> mm. you know and and when we got to the root of it it was because usually what triggers the stra- the the emotional reaction and the anxiety is that it's tied to finances but mm. it took us months to get there it was like oh let's go on this trip well wh- when when can we go and how much do we need to pay for it and it it just it, they all had a connection to money so the it, it wasn't about going to the movies. The focus of her anxiety just moved from one thing to the next. Paying for the children's activities, paying for the bills, going to the movies, being social. It will just move versus an isolated situation where we're stressed out right now because this bill is due in 30 days and it's really large. And it's like, okay, how can we pay this? Let's break it up in chunks. Okay, that's isolated. We dealt with that. We did it. We can move on. Versus someone with anxiety, it's a continuum.
0: No, some of the symptoms you listed are really interesting, especially like the nitpicking or like all the questioning, because I think (laughs) a lot of us would think of that as as a control issue. And I'd never even thought that that could be a symptom of anxiety. It sounds like a lot of things that that people do that we just think like, oh, so-and-so is, you know, she's agitated, she's annoying right now, could actually be rooted and something yes, much deeper totally
1: totally totally until we can put a name to it sometimes people don't really know what it is for a while I myself didn't even know that I had issues with anxiety until I went I went to graduate school for my master's in social work at Howard and I had a black psychologist and she called it like she gave it a name I must have been 24 25 like I was just like what Girl, what do you mean I got anxiety? Like you know I'm I'm in graduate school studying this and couldn't connect the dots.
0: What did she notice in that you were doing that she was like sis is everything well, the, okay? over,
1: the overthinking, the perfectionism, the procrastinating, the constant worry and fear about whatever was going on, whether it be like academic performance, my dating life, my friendships, being away from home because I'm from Brooklyn. And then, you know, we uncovered, you know, I, I spent a lot of my childhood with a parent with a chronic medical condition. And so that really fed a lot of the thoughts that I had. And as a kid, I was so angry about my mom's epilepsy. And I would get into argument with teachers and fight my peers. And it was just like, oh, Lisa's this angry kid. But I was really anxious, right? And so, you know, her being able to, like, (laughs) really call a thing a thing, it literally changed my life because it was like, okay, now we can identify what this is. Okay. Now we can talk about tools. Cause I was just like, what is going on? Why am I so angry? Why am I having these like knee jerk reactions to situations? I'm, I tend to be pretty poised. Like I I know a little bit better. And she was just like, it sounds like you've been dealing with anxiety all your life. And, 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 the truth to that is that many people as adults now who are probably labeling and identifying their challenges as anxiety more than likely have been dealing with it their whole life and didn't know it.
0: As you were describing what the the mentor saw in you, I was like, that sounds like almost every black woman I know. It sounds yeah. like me. Like I'm, yeah. I'm pretty even keeled most of the time, yeah. but I will flip on you sometimes. And yes. I'm just like... Yep. I wasn't even really mad at you. There's so much other stuff going on that you yeah. just happened to push the trigger yeah. that day, and you were the yeah. the recipient of it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And anger is a surface emotion. I, I help. I really try to help my clients understand that. Like, anger is at the top. So let's talk about what's underneath. What's what's driving the anger right now? What's happening to you? And then it's like then then they get quiet. And then the tears fall. And then you're like, okay, mm. like you know, because the anger it's so easy to express. That it's kind of really um. Socially acceptable in a way, it also hurts black women because we get pegged as angry. And so it's like we only have these little, like, very few boxes that we can go. Either we're angry or we're strong. It really hurts us. It's, it's really killing us, I think, um, in terms of how it manifests, what it looks like, how we mask it. How it's hidden. I thought I just had an ankle problem all my life. like I you know my family members had said that about me. I said it about me. I internalized it. like yeah. I thought I then could control everything, right? because I thought I could control like if I do good, then my mom won't worry. Epilepsy can be caused by extreme worry. Somehow along the way got the message that I could control my mother's epilepsy, right? And at eight, it's like, really? Like, who told you that? It was a psychologist at Howard that was like, I'm so sorry that you thought you could do that because you can't. And it was so freeing for me because I had told myself I could. It, It just led to me trying to control and perfect every area of my life, like every area of
0: my life. That's so much to put on on yourself at any age, but at eight, especially. Yeah,
1: Um, yeah.
0: And I think it's so tricky um, with the anger part that you're speaking about, because oftentimes when people talk about, you know, Black women and their anger, I I like to point out that there's a lot to be angry about sometimes. It's not like, you know, the anger came from nowhere. The anger is unjustified. You know, if you start running stats about, Mm-hmm. Black women and the way Black women are, are treated. It's like, well, Absolutely. yeah, I, I could be very angry. Like this level of anger is actually Rightfully pretty mild. So. What are some of the ways or some of the tools that you, you suggest to your, your your
1: clients? One of the first questions I will encourage my clients or even my friends sometimes when they're talking about stuff and you can hear them like, oh, you know, when people start speaking in absolutes, like this is never going to happen for me or I'll say to them, well, Okay us go with that. Where is the evidence for it? You know, I was, you know, I tend to tell people that um we're really hard on ourselves. The tape that we play for ourselves is brutal. And so it's like, you know, we won't control these thoughts, right? But what we can do is challenge them, right? And so ask yourself where the evidence is oh, this is I'm never going to get that job. Where's the evidence for that? Did something take place? Did we miss something? Did you get an email or phone call saying you're never going to get the job? And they're like, no. Okay, so where's that coming from, right? Challenging the thoughts, right? Because I tend to see my clients once a week. They have to deal with their thoughts outside of when they leave my office, right? So um, challenging the negative thoughts, is a really big one for a lot of my clients meditation is huge even just five minutes or some level of mindfulness where whatever you're thinking about that can calm you you specifically focus on thinking about it so I'll give my patients practical examples of like let's say you get up in the morning and you're about to brush your teeth Pay attention to brushing your teeth. I'm brushing this tooth. Oh, that tooth looks like it needs more. Let me keep brushing this tooth. Because what do we normally do when we get up in the morning and we're tending to our grooming? We're brushing our teeth and we're like, all right, so I'm going to wear this shirt. I got to get to work in 30 minutes because I have to do this meeting. And then all that project is, you're just, it's just this level of hypo arousal is happening while you're brushing your teeth. It's such a basic skill. And our mind is already wound up for the day now. Like the day kind of, for some people, can be shot because they cannot reel in the excessive thinking about what they're worried about, what they're panicking about.
0: Let me just take a moment right here and give an awesome shout-out to our sponsor this week, Daily Harvest. Daily Harvest is the easiest, most delicious way to load up on fruits and vegetables first thing in the morning, before bed, or any time in between. All of Daily Harvest ingredients are carefully sourced for maximum nourishment and flavor. And you can actually see all of the ingredients when you open the cup. Go to daily-harvest.com and enter promo code RESPECTABLE to get three cups free in your first Daily Harvest box. That's promo code RESPECTABLE for three free Daily Harvest cups at daily-harvest.com, daily-harvest.com. You know, I just moved to l a and yes because you follow, so you know all this. Um, <laughs> yes. it's the saga of the bed, right? <laughs>
1: oh my gosh, um, and I saw today <laughs> for
0: people who who aren't on the private Facebook page, I've ordered a bed. it took it was supposed to be here in a week. It took three weeks to arrive when it got <sighs> here, the hardware wasn't here. They said they would right. send it, then they canceled the order. then they said they would uh, they would send a new bed, but I had to send the old bed back. so I ordered a new bed. They called today or yesterday saying the new bed would arrive today. They called this morning saying that the bed was broken, damaged somehow. And so a new bed would be delivered in another week. This is two different companies. I've been here seven weeks. And I've been sleeping on an air mattress the whole time.
1: My goodness.
0: Two weeks ago, I was so overwhelmed that I just went to my desk and I put my forehead on my desk and I sat there 10 minutes and I had to mm-hmm. talk to myself and I was like, you yes. are eventually going to have a bed. Like I joke online, I'm like, yes. I'm never going to have a bed, but that's not logical. <laughs> eventually, I'm going to have a bed. I'm going to have to hop through right. hoops for this bed. And then right. I had to think about, it's not really about the bed. right? It's about me moving to this new place and trying to yep. set up a new life mm-hmm. and trying mm-hmm. to recover from the things mm-hmm. that I feel like I lost and yep. having a proper bed I feel like I work my ass off and the least I could have is Mm -hmm. a comfortable Mm -hmm. place to lay my head. It's a sign of adulthood. I got a king size bed because like, oh, I'm a queen. I need a king. All that shit. Like it's all like (laughs) tied in together. And I was like, it's not about the bed. It's about what this bed represents about me being okay. And I feel like I'm not living
1: like an adult and I'm not being okay. Right. And then you start talking to yourself like, what am I doing? Was this the right thing? You know, for someone with anxiety, not necessarily you. But then you're like, what am I doing? I'm here for two months. I don't even have a place to lay my head. My mother is probably stressing me out about, did your bed get here yet? It's like, maybe this was a bad idea. It it just oh Oh, the mother thing? The mother coming in town for Mother's Day
0: (laughs) and there being no proper bed? And I've moved halfway across the country. Like, I've I've gone That's to bad. the other side of a continent. Yeah, my she gave you a side eye. <laughs> and I'm just like, my mother's going to think that I'm, like, I didn't raise you like this. You're living yes. like an improper home. You have no shades yes. and no bed. Like, yes. yeah. it's like, this is, it's about me yes. living up to yes. this ideal that I think my parents yes. have for me and falling short. Mm-hmm. It's all rooted in fear and confusion. Like, it's, it's a mess. Mm-hmm. All played out
1: in a all bed. And then what happens, right? You reinforce that, thought about i'm never gonna get a bed and then they're like sorry your bed is damaged you have to wait some more you're like see 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 and then and then it just spirals from there
0: the proof of my lacking adulthood and look so you know like i'm a life coach right like i help other people all the time i at least have enough presence of mind to pull myself back from the edge and be like this is not logical your bed is not tied to your self-worth or your yes. adulthood or your parents yes. Like feeling you're okay. Yeah.
1: It's a lot of self-compassion. I have a small practice. I have about 11 women, women of color. And I'd say about mm, 70 to 85% all are dealing with anxiety on some level.
0: What's going on with us? What are we anxious about?
1: <sighs> Everything. Life. We're talking about the red table talk with Aisha Curry and the women at the table. You know, they, they named a few things that we as Black women are worried about and anxious about. You know, the layers of womanhood, you know, work life balance, having a career, being a wife, being a mother, then being yourself, being a friend, being a sister. That, that's those a lot of roles. You know, like you said self-worth and image, what, what do those things mean to you? And how should women behave when they're in those roles? There's a lot of shaming we tend to do with ourselves. And also, listen, we know the state of the society right now with the climate and the culture of how racism is impacting us and you know, just even having to deal with racial inferiority on a daily basis. It's incredibly, incredibly rough. Black Americans, children of immigrants. I am a daughter of immigrants, right? My parents came to America from the Caribbean in their 20s, and so it's always, you're lucky, you were born here, you have to be the very best. I sacrificed all of my life for you to be here, to be great. You know what, how does that manifest, right? You have to be 10 times as better just to get a little bit of recognition. I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot. And it's amazing because I I spoke to a few of my colleagues who are black women who um, I said, oh, you know, I'm, I'm potentially speaking about black women and anxiety this week. And I was blown away at how open they were about their own anxiety. Yes, oh my goodness, I'm so glad you're talking about this, Lisa. I've been dealing with my anxiety for years. I was just like, "What? So you too? Like not not just not just me?" And it was it was comforting, but I but I had the same question as you. Like, "What what is happening with us, right?" So we talked about the angry black woman, but the strong black woman, I think really plays out heavily for us in each of those scenarios and roles that I just identified. Work, marriage, being a parent, being a friend, uh family member, you wanna put on this faith that you are strong all the time and what it means to support people. And I, I tend to cringe when You know, I see even in conversation when someone maybe has passed away or someone's having a difficult time and you see people like all the comments are be strong, be strong. And I'm just like, no, it's okay to fall apart a little bit because there's just so much weight and pressure that comes with that image. And you end up disrupting the relationship you have with yourself trying to feed that image.
0: Where do you think that be strong thing comes from?
1: oh where does it not come from it's ingrained in us you know you talk about the impacts of slavery to our people like it is still present in how we present and how we behave and how we are it does not help that in 2019 i have to still have conversations with my godson who's 19 and 6'3 About not wearing a hoodie. I mean, really, literally, we we would never leave our house, Demetria, if we succumbed ourselves to all these, like, worries and fears that we have on a daily basis.
0: It's not lost on me that so many of my friends, especially in, like, their late 30s, early 40s, will get off work on Friday and not leave the house until Monday. (laughs) <laughs> like, I, and I think about this all the time. It's like, you know, yep. people talk about like, oh, I've got my red wine. I've got my popcorn. I've got my yeah. Netflix binges and i watch and self-included. So I just don't want people to think yes, I'm talking about too. everybody else. But like, yep. I will sit down and, and binge like a whole series on like mm-hmm. a Saturday afternoon. And part of it is like, I'm into the series, but part of it is like, I'm zoning out and avoiding dealing yeah. with the rest of the world.
1: I mean, but that's on some levels is self-care. And how you kind of need that level of retreat no matter what you're doing. If you are a freelancer or you're working a nine-to-five or if you're in a corporate space or an executive, you have to pour into yourselves. And I think what when when ended up happening at the Red Table Talk with the Currys was that you had these women. And what do we know? Women bond through talking, right? You, I feel this way, too. And then you both women walk away feeling better because you have that that connection you know there's a special relationship with women but with black women and i I sometimes tell my friends that and and even my husband i'll tell him like there is no one that can pour into a black woman like her friends the only people who can breathe life into you are your sister friends and it's not a slight on your marriage or your relationship but you need women need women And black women need women. And I think that's what ended up happening at that table, where they were so comfortable and vulnerable with themselves. And at some point, I felt like when I was looking at everyone's eyes, it looked like some of their eyes had been red. So I'm sure we got the edited version of the talk, because it seems like they really probably got deep. And, okay, we saw the 29 minutes of that, of what they talked about.
0: Yeah, cause Mother Curry's eyes at the end, like she started. I mean, she had like a, a, almost like a breakdown, and she was like, "This has been so affirming and positive." And I was like, "I mean, this conversation was good, but I, I didn't feel like it was cry about it good." So I was, I want to <laughs> see the unedited version. Like, get, let me get the full yeah. two hours of footage.
1: Because I was like, in twenty eight minutes, I was like, "What happened? Did I miss? It's like, did I miss something?" I mean, this was nice yeah. and
0: all, but you know, we, yeah. we skipped over some deep things, like. Yeah, it wasn't tears-worthy. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, but I think that also what is powerful about that space is that I think that we are becoming more comfortable about speaking up and speaking up for ourselves. Again, that strong black woman, that's not what you're supposed to do. You know, my mom is, you know, I, I jokingly always referred to her as a baby boomer, but I don't her, you know, now she starts to talk to me about her triumphs and struggles in life, but that wasn't the norm for that generation to just openly talk about how hard of a time they would happen, especially for women, and especially for women who are, quote, unquote, be, being taken care of by their men. It's almost like, well, what are you complaining about? Life is hard. You know, I'm a, I'm a Gen Xer, I claim it, <laughs> so. I mean, me too. Mm-hmm. It, and I think even you know we also struggle with it, myself included. And I am a clinician, right? Like sometimes it's not always that easy to say it. But it's like, what's the end result if you don't say it? Like what happens? You're you're eating it now. Yeah. And then and then you you are a terror. But again, you're just always having to be strong. No, I got it. I got it. I'm good. Yep, I can do that. Yep, I can do that. And and even in the workplace, I've had to deal with that. Like. Always saying yes, yes, yes and, and and you'll burn yourself out that way. It's not healthy. I've
0: in some form or fashion been sharing my my life, my thoughts, my hopes and fears about various things online since like two thousand and seven. And in all of these years, like I've never said anything, no matter how scared I was to say it or how fearful I was or how unique I thought it was about like thoughts or feelings or even experiences where there mm-hmm. hasn't been like a chorus of me too. I remember I wrote about my um, my separation from my mm-hmm. husband. I just filed like the month before and I was like, well, people mm-hmm. keep asking me, so I might as well put it out there. I thought like I was the only person in the whole wide world who was having those exact feelings at that exact moment. And I put it out mm-hmm. there and mm-hmm. like 5000 emails or DMs or whatever in one day. Crazy.
1: Mm-hmm. Again, you know, when you when you ask like tools, I, I'm constantly reminding Sometimes I I used to participate in in Twitter chats and I would tell people you are not alone like you are not alone like those words are just so powerful to people and I would get DMs about thank you so much for just saying that I used to have it even on auto <laughs> auto tweet like at midnight because when people have to be alone with their thoughts it can be really dark I'm always asking my clients how their their sleep is. Someone's sleep pattern will tell me all I need to know. It is those intimate moments with yourself from like 10 p.m. till whenever you fall asleep, if you can fall asleep. Some people, the thoughts are so constant and so busy that they don't fall asleep for hours after laying down for bed. I'm constantly asking people about their sleep regimen and like what they do to kind of bring themselves down for the day. It's an example of taking care of themselves.
0: I wonder what my sleep pattern says about me. <laughs> I'm still on East Coast time. Yeah, that's that's true. I, but I've been here for like seven weeks. Like, I'm like, this is ridiculous at this point. Like, I still get up every day at like 6.30, Oh, my goodness. Like, I slept till, I want to say I slept till nine when my mother was here. And my mother was like, yes, that's because I'm here. And I am a comforting force in your life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mom. It was, but it's kind of true yeah because whenever I'm around my parents, I'll go into like these deep like I'll take fourteen hour like naps like I'll yeah. just like knock out for the day, and she was like, It's because I'm comforting to you, and I was like, <laughs> All right. it's kind of arrogant, but it's also kind of true. Yes. Mama um, knows if I'm someone who's suffering from anxiety, I can do the meditation that you spoke of, I can use some of the other tools, but do I ultimately need to go to a therapist to work with it?
1: I would say, given the intensity of it. The impact to your social, work, family relationships, yes. And it, and it could also be brief. Like I mentioned, anxiety usually occurs on a continuum and it's connected to a certain activity or an event for the person. So it it really can fluctuate over time. I've been in practice for years. I have clients who we, we kind of wrap up and then let's say one to two years later, they unfortunately go through a stressful event in their life. And, and it could be positive stress, right? Because not all stress is bad. It could be a life event that is really exciting, like, I don't know, getting married or having a baby or getting a new job. It doesn't have to be grief or you know something associated with sadness, but it can still bring about extreme like emotional reaction to someone. And, and they'll come back. They'll, they'll call me and say, hey, this is going on. Uh, I need a few check-ins with you and, and we'll do that.
0: I have a question for you because this comes up all the time. How should someone go about finding the right fit for a therapist or finding Ooh, a therapist and then finding the right fit?
1: I've been getting asked this question for like almost 20 years now. <laughs> and it's interesting, right? Cause even with the internet, people still don't know where to go. So I usually, I'll ask someone if they have insurance most people don't know that they can find a therapist with their insurance. And actually now it's a part of one of the requirements. Like your insurance company has to provide you with behavioral health, mental health benefits. I'll usually ask them if they have insurance. I will usually recommend Psychology Today or ZocDoc primarily to reduce the anxiety, right, <laughs> of People wanting to see the therapist's face before they see them. And I'll ask them, does gender matter? Does race matter? For a lot of us, Black women, Black men, they usually say, I want to see a Black therapist. So I'll recommend those two engines where you can also search if you have insurance for someone in your area to speak with. With regards to fit, that really depends on, again, the person and what the person is dealing with and how do they think they need to connect. If, you know, I've had people say, like, listen, I have a really rough relationship with my mother, I think I need to see a black woman therapist so I can sort this out. I-, I think I have issues with women, I need to see a woman therapist. And then other people will say it doesn't matter to me. Race doesn't matter. I just need to get in and talk with someone. Usually if people don't have insurance, I'll encourage them to use those two tools anyway. And then we'll call and ask for a sliding fee scale. A lot of people don't know what that is. Sliding fee basically means that the the clinician will they'll tell you what their base rate is for a 45 or a 60 minute session, and they may slide down all the way to 10 bucks. But it, they don't volunteer that information unless directly asked. Especially at local mental health clinics, you you'll slide down. They'll slide you down all the way to five dollars or even provide charity and take pro bono cases. Awesome. Cause mm-hmm. I
0: get that question all the time. And I think because too. all my friends have therapists <laughs> that I'm just yeah. like, oh, like who's, who's function, Who's got the similar issues to what I have?
1: <laughs> Yeah. And I get I, I fill up quickly because and then it's word of mouth. It's like, oh, you should see my therapist. <laughs> like it, it, yeah, that that totally happens. And even if sometimes you call around and you don't know what the person looks like, I've encouraged people. I have done that myself where I said, do you have any clinicians of color at your clinic? Mm. Are they taking new patients?
0: The therapist has
1: a therapist. Oh, yeah. And that's also really not talked about in the clinician community enough. Right. I think there's a a little bit of a stigma there. I've had a therapist for 10 years. Right. So usually when people say to me they don't need a therapist, I always laugh like, well, if I got one, then I don't know what to tell you. You know, wouldn't trust a
0: therapist that didn't have a therapist because I'm like, I fully recognize that no one has (laughs) it all works out, worked out like Um, I'm a life coach with a therapist and a life coach. Yes. Two of yes. them, actually.
1: I mean, but it's also another example of self-care. It's how do you take care of yourself even for 45 to 60 minutes a, a week? So I have a client right now. That's all they have for themselves. And, and religiously, they come in and that's their self-care. They need that.
0: Speaking of self-care, one of the things that I use as a tool to like manage my anxiety is exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely which we didn't mention but I think is really important like if, if yeah. I go more than two days without some form of physical activity I'm like irritable and annoying to myself so I know it's bad to other people
1: <laughs> yeah listen it's it's so many things that you can do to take care of yourself and practice self-compassion from exercising to eating better to writing a letter to yourself. Practicing mindfulness, the example I gave before about brushing your teeth, you know exercising is a natural way to make yourself feel better right it it, it increases the serotonin levels in your body right so it makes you feel better you feel good about yourself right um, so it's it's really important there's not just one thing that people end up doing. To curbing their anxiety or reducing it, it's it's usually multiple things, and having a support network, having a close crew of friends that know, hey, I'm, I'm not in a good space. I'm I'm feeling a little. I'm feeling really anxious. I need I need a minute. Thank you so much for for sharing. Absolutely, not a problem.
0: Feel like this conversation is probably one of the first ones I should have done when I started my podcast. It's so necessary.
1: It's a really um, worthwhile topic. I'm glad we're here. Yes. Thank you so much. (laughs) No problem.
0: Lisa was great. Yeah. I said this at the beginning of the interview, but I'm always so amazed by who makes up the billionaire demigod community. It's such an awesome group of, of smart and talented and accomplished women with great insight and perspectives. I've had many great accomplishments in my life, but one of the ones that I'm most proud of is this community that I've built and that I now have this podcast where I can share the gifts and talents among us with others. It makes me feel good inside. I feel like I'm operating in my life's purpose. Let me give a final shout out to our sponsor this week, Daily Harvest. Daily Harvest delivers carefully sourced chef crafted smoothies, savory bowls, overnight oats, and more built on fruits and vegetables, healthy stuff, good stuff. Each single serving takes one step to prepare Just add water or milk to a smoothie or just heat up a harvest bowl and you're done. If you'd like to give Daily Harvest a try, go to daily-harvest.com and enter promo code RESPECTABLE to get three cups free in your first box. That's promo code RESPECTABLE for three free Daily Harvest cups at daily-harvest.com. daily-harvest.com. That is all for this week's episode. If you need to have some ratchet and respectable in your life in the meantime, you can follow me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Demetria L. Lucas. You can also come to my blog, DemetriaLLucas.com. The podcast is posted there. So if you want to leave your comments, you can do so. If you want to leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to the podcast on, that would be lovely. Five stars are better than four. And an actual written review. Is best of all. If you loved it, I'm going to assume if you stuck with me all through this episode, you might have heard something that you liked. So thanks again to our sponsor, Daily Harvest, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.